You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Another episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's all-encompassing Marvel podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Aurora Bubaloo once again talking Marvel's Daredevil on the Netflix. And uh, today is officially Age of Ultron Day as it's opened yes. wide all across the North America. And um, you are going to see it later tonight, yes? I am. To my seething jealousy, you are going to see it tonight. <laughs> I'm just... This is what happens with me. I'm going to sit here brooding tonight, watching whatever it is I'm watching, just going, there are people I know that I have talked to personally that are sitting at home right now that have seen the movie and know everything that happens in the movie. They have the (laughs) knowledge and I do not. And it's going to drive me insane for at least two more days. (laughs) That being said. At least you're not going to be, you're not going to have to deal with a lot of people. uh, That's true. I am. And I am going to steer clear of the internet for at least a couple of days, uh, short of covering a story or something like that. But uh, you know, I've I, I've managed to uh, I, I've managed to uh, to lengthen out my 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 Marvel uh, I, I, I guess the uh, the Marvel marathon I've been doing. Yeah, uh, I, I've I've stretched it out. I've got the uh, the last four episodes of Agents of Shield season one today. And tomorrow is Guardians of the Galaxy, and I've already kept up on the uh, the second season of Agents of Shield, but unfortunately, I have no way to watch all of those simultaneously mm-hmm. since the show is still airing. But uh, yeah, I've I've so I've, I've stretched it out. So we'll watch Guardians of the Galaxy tomorrow, and then Age of Ultron on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, uh, you have a lot of patience. You have acquired a lot of patience by waiting to see all the Daredevil episodes too. Yes, I have. So you have practice. I have built up a tolerance for sure. Yeah. I have I have some sort of stamina for for waiting to see things that I really want <laughs> yeah. to watch, and it's not helping either because this show, as it continues, really. I mean, it's just sitting there. It's just staring me right in the face. The last yeah. episode, and I could just watch it right now if I wanted to, but. Yeah. I'm going to hold off because patience, <laughs> I guess, is a virtue. Uh, yeah, so we've, we've, we've got that. Uh, we've got uh, these final two episodes here of Daredevil before the finale. I guess we should talk about those instead of me lamenting about Age of Ultron. And I'm sure you're yeah. sitting there saying, hurry up and let's get this done so I can go <laughs> see Age of Ultron. No, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I think I will need therapy after watching these two episodes. Oh, really? Because... That, it, they both of them were an emotional roller coaster for me. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're gonna hop right in. We're gonna talk about uh, season one, episode eleven, called "The Path of the Righteous." Still recovering from his injuries is Matt Murdock, uh, but he is getting better uh, enough to uh, to kind of go out and uh, and get some information 
about Fisk because in his fight with Fisk, what little blows he landed. One uh, cut his jacket, I believe, and mm-hmm. revealed that he has some sort of body armor that uh, we've seen Fisk go and get these suits done before. Uh, and he finds the man who is responsible for the Melvin Potter, who, by the way, is a character from the books. Right. Um, I believe he's gladiator in the books. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's, I don't know if he's mentally challenged in the books. I don't know. But it does say in the books that he was at first a villain, but becomes a very staunch supporter of Daredevil after, mm-hmm. like later on. Right. Um, and uh, so Matt finds him and Potter says, you're not supposed to be here. And uh, he seemed, I mean, at first he seems like, it almost seems like he's very limp. Like he's, it feels like he's got like a limp. He's like limping along the floor yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, and he grabs a yoo which she seemed incredibly happy to open. Yeah, that was uh, a subtle product placement. Yes, it was. <laughs> hey, it worked because it made me want chocolate milk, like right yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it totally worked for me. But uh, turns out Melvin Potter is a badass who uh, more than held his own against Matt Murdock here. Very strong. Yes. Um, I guess thus the gladiator name in the books. Yeah. Uh, whether or not he actually becomes that, I, I I don't know in the show, but I don't know. We'll find out. Matt eventually does subdue him, uh, and Potter breaks down and tells them that he is terrified that uh, that Fisk is going to hurt somebody that is apparently close to him. Uh, and uh, Matt tells them that if he can make something for him like he made for Fisk, that he can stop Fisk from ever hurting him or anybody he cares about ever again and potter mm-hmm. says do you, do you want a suit like mr like mr fisk and he goes no 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 nothing nothing quite like that something special he says uh yeah, he said a, a symbol a symbol right the daredevil mm-hmm. costume which i'm guessing we will eventually see here before the end of the final episode i hope so <laughs> i mean they really have like most other shows by now would have rev- i mean you know in the flash and arrow like they got yeah. their costumes almost straight away because you kind of mm-hmm. have to uh, with this whole Netflix thing, I, I guess Marvel has just felt like we can do no, you know what? We're not going to give you the outfit until the last episode <laughs> of the first season. That's when he becomes mm-hmm. the character. Uh, this has just been his, his road to becoming the character. Right. Um, yeah. So this whole thing came from, uh, Matt's conversation once again with the priest who asked him if he had killed Fisk. Uh, I don't think he knew he was going after Fisk. He just said, did you kill the man you're going after? Uh, and he said, no, I didn't, but I, but I tried to. And he asked if maybe he was relieved. And uh, he, uh, they have this whole conversation where Matt kind of says that he, he feels like the devil is inside him, just trying, mm-hmm. just trying to get out. And the priest essentially gives Matt the entire layout of his character as Daredevil. Is, you know, he says, maybe that's why God let the, the devil fall. Maybe that's why he lets him exist. Because it's uh, it chases people away from the bad if they're yeah. afraid of the devil, which is essentially what his whole thing is. Uh, as mm-hmm. Daredevil is righting the wrongs and trying to keep people from doing the wrong thing, um, so he essentially lays that out uh, and the symbol and everything like that, and that's what drives Matt to go find Potter to get this body armor made. Uh, so we've got 
uh, Vanessa in the hospital still, uh, or not not still in the hospital. Fisk, we we get the shots of them taking her to the hospital, and I guess they have to take her to some slummy hospital because this was all so last yeah. minute. It was the closest but, one. But I love that nurse that put him in his place. Oh yes, like he's. <laughs> They're taking her in to they're taking her in to be looked at, and he's following. And she just goes, "You can't f- come, you can't come in here, sir." And he gets really pissed. You know the "Do you know who I am?" And she's like, "It yeah. doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> you can't come back here. We have to do our jobs." Yeah. And she actually did put him in his place. He yeah. didn't. He backed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wesley this whole time was practically bathing in Purell. He he was just so upset to be in this <laughs> scummy hospital. Uh, and we learn more about that a little bit later, uh, as well. Um, so he is overseeing her in the hospital. It's not looking good. She's in a coma. Uh, Owsley has, uh, talked with Madame Gao cause they're trying to figure out who is responsible for this. Right. And mm-hmm. Owsley thinks it might be the Japanese. Um, but he goes and talks with Gao anyway and reports back that she has nothing to do with this, but she sends her sympathies. Uh, and, uh, there's also the news that a couple of the other people who were poisoned have died. Uh, meanwhile, we've got Fisk who is thinking that this is an attack on him. And it just so happens that Vanessa was the one that drank, uh, the poison, but he assumes that the attack was meant for him and Mm -hmm. wants to send her away if she recovers. Uh, meanwhile, the, uh, Here's the thing. <laughs> this is where <laughs> things go nuts. Uh, Wesley receives a phone call from Fisk's mother. Mm-hmm. And she tells him that she met this nice woman and this nice man. Mm-hmm. And they know everything about Fisk. And Wesley says uh, to one of his henchmen, I cannot remember his name right off the top of my head, but he's just like, look, you've got to stay here. I've got to handle this. Give me your gun. Give me your keys. I don't want anybody coming with me, though. I need as many men on Mr. Fisk as humanly possible. I'm going to go handle this on my own. Mm-hmm. So uh, he does this. Uh, we've also, in the middle of this, we've also got this whole Karen, Foggy, Matt situation. And the Foggy and Matt's problems are sort of bleeding onto Karen now, mm-hmm. where she's kind of caught in between the two of them. And it's really driving her crazy as well. Uh, and uh, to make matters worse, she's having these conversations with Ben where he is telling her that even though they have this information, they can't really run with it because uh, his mother has perhaps Alzheimer's. Uh, but clearly she is aged and has very bad memory problems. And using her as the sole uh, source mm-hmm. is probably not going to fly. So everything for Karen is kind of falling apart around her. And uh, she decides she's going to head home. And as she does, she is kidnapped by Wesley. And when she wakes up, uh, Wesley's got her at a table and wants to make a deal with her. He tells her that this whole thing should have never gone this far. Like they thought they had dealt with her after the Union Allied thing, after she'd signed those papers. They thought she had done as much damage as she could. uh, And that was the end of it. And he gives her this long, rambling waxing philosophical type discussion that she's just sitting and she says, is this supposed to scare me? He says, no, this is pulls out the gun that he had got from the henchman, sets it on the table 
and lets her know that he's not here to kill her, though. He wants to offer her a job. Mm-hmm. He wants her to go around and uh, talk to everybody who he, she has spread her, her negativity to about Mr. Fisk and get them to change their minds. Um, and uh, she, uh, she refuses. And he lets her know that, well, okay, fine, but it's not just going to be you who's going to die. It's going to be everybody you care about, Ben and Matt and Foggy and anybody anybody that you're remotely related to. I think he says, and then when you have no tears left to shed, that's when we'll kill you. Right. What a dick. And uh, <laughs> But it was delivered beautifully. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Fisk, uh, I, I believe Vanessa wakes up, yes? Um, or did that happen in the second episode? I think I thought I think she. It, it happened in the second episode. Because um, uh, I thought she had woken up, and uh, you know what? It may be in the second episode. Because uh, he he calls Wesley for some reason. I do not remember why he needs to call Wesley for something. But he he calls him, and when the phone rings, Wesley is momentarily distracted, and Karen <laughs> grabs the gun, and right. Wesley does not pick up the phone, and Wesley trying to be as smooth as he possibly can says something along the lines of, like, you don't think I'd leave a loaded gun on this table right where you can reach it, right? And she goes, I don't know. Loads the gun, cocks the the firing pistol back and everything. And I think he tries to stand up, and she shoots. And then she shoots him, like, three more times. Yeah. And Wesley is dead. Holy moly. Yeah. I was very (laughs) shocked uh, by this. And uh, she... Escapes, obviously, but uh, but Wesley is dead. His phone left ringing as the screen fades to black. So what did you think of the path of the righteous, Aurora? Wow. I wasn't expecting Wesley to be out. No, me neither. I, <laughs> I mean, I thought he was a main character. I loved his character. He's great. Um, I just, it took me by surprise. I can't believe it. I Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he had... They had this whole conversation, too, right, about, like, do you love this city? And she's like, I don't know. I haven't been here long enough. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, I'll tell you something. I hate this place. Uh, yeah. He's like, Mr. Fisk really, really likes it. Uh, he's like, he loves it so much that I don't even – I can't even figure it out why he, he loves it so much. Um, they have this long con- – there's actually a really great part in this where he's just talking and she's like, are you done? Because I'm tired of your mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah, uh, I, I laughed out loud because he did just talk <laughs> and talk like I wonder if he was planning on wearing her down with just verbiage like he's just going to say so much shit that eventually she's just like, fine, I'll do whatever you just I'll yes, give me yeah. money. I'll tell them to Fisk's not so bad. Uh, but no, she took matters into her own hands. She's she's uh, oh, I remember her 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 retort was, uh, is, do you think this is the first time I've ever shot somebody? Yeah, is what she said to him, which yeah. my guess is, yes, this was the first time she had ever oh. shot somebody. No, I think it's the total opposite. You think so? I think she oh, does right. have a past. Yes. Yeah. If this is the first time you've listened to this, I don't know why you would, because it's so weird to jump into <laughs> the point. But if it is, Aurora has this theory that there is more to Karen than meets the eye. Oh, for sure. Uh, especially yeah. with her first year Spanish. That sounds like she's been talking her whole life. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it, you know, at the beginning, um, she tells who was it? She tells either Matt, I think it was Matt, that um, she found Fist's mom. Yes. And she mentions that it be, it was because a misplaced file at the county clerk, and I was like, mm. it wasn't a misplaced file. Yeah. No, 
<laughs> it's not that easy to find fixed no. mom. No, it is not. <laughs> so she's still hiding stuff from him, and he knows. He knows that she's lying. Yeah, there is uh-huh. clearly more than meets the eye for sure. Yeah, he definitely had that look when he was listening to her heartbeat that he knows yeah. that there's there's more going on here than she's than she's saying. Yeah, I I really like the episode uh, as well. Like they're um, they they've really kind of bottled things up a little bit. Um, it's not as uh, as expansive in this episode. Like uh, it's mostly. Uh, I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of Matt in this episode outside of the scenes with uh, Potter and and the priest. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mostly Fisk in the hospital, and the you know the longer scenes were like that, and and Wesley with Karen, um, you know, and a couple of scenes with Karen and, and Foggy uh, as well. Um, but you know, surprisingly enough, when they when they kind of shrink it down a little bit and really just focus on storytelling and, and they don't delve into as much action, the show is still really good. Like it is. they, yeah. uh, they have struck such a good balance. Um, the thing that I guess if there's anything that, uh, I wasn't, I, I guess overly, uh, overly fond of is, um, is how much time, like, I, I guess maybe, maybe I missed something, but I thought, uh, I, I never thought it was actually made clear whether or not that if Matt was a religious person or not. He seems awfully religious, and I, and I never thought he really came across that way. But he spends a lot of time in a church. Uh, yeah. This is like the third, I, at least the third episode, where he has spent a, an, an enormous amount of time talking to uh, a priest. But um, I, I think that, I don't think he's like religious, like a full-on Catholic but right, right. I think he just, because he was raised Catholic, he has this moral battle inside of him just because of his background. Yeah, he ha- he doesn't have a dad to talk to. Right. So right. he kind of talks to, like, the literally the father of the community, I guess, if you want to look at it mm-hmm. that way. Or at least the religious community as it is. I'm sure there's people right now saying, it's not my father. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there is. Um, and that's cool, too. Um but yeah. I think that it, it was very interesting. I think it was in this episode at the end that you ha- you see this contrast between Matt and Fisk because Matt is always going to church seeking advice from the priest. Yes. But then Fisk yeah. has this scene where he's telling Vanessa, Vanessa is still in the coma, and he's telling her, I don't pray. I, and he goes into this monologue of how he doesn't believe in God and he tried for a while to mimic people that were religious, but it didn't work. Yeah. So he just says, I'm not going to pray for you, but I'll make you a promise that the people that hurt you are going to suffer. Indeed. Um, and I think it's so cool that they have that contrast between the hero that's, you know, facing his morals and uh, that have to do with religion. And then you have the villain where he doesn't believe in religion and he just takes action. Right. Yeah. Um, so what would you score the Path of the Righteous? Um, four. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, you know what? I, I was gonna say I'm thinking three and a half, but you know what? I think four is is better. Better serves the episode because I was, you know what? I, I was feeling three and a half probably up until that the Karen and Wesley scene. Yeah. Um, because not only was that really well done, and it was between two characters who are not really the main focus of the story. Right. Uh, but. It was so it was so good, and I was not expecting her to kill him. No, 
No. Like I was thinking something along the lines of uh, she shoots him just enough to, you know, he's disabled and she can get away. Yeah, uh, and I also she's... thought that maybe he was right and he was he didn't load the gun. So when she fired, yes. nothing was going to come out, but it did. But as it <laughs> turns out, everything uh, for the time being worked out for her, at least for the time being. Yeah. Um, because Wesley had never told anybody uh, what he was doing or where he was going. And, I thought she uh, was gone. I remember that scene at the beginning of this episode where um, she the, the episode starts with her disposing of the gun and she goes home and she takes a shower and she's like getting drunk. Yes. Um, and then she has this dream where Fisk is in her apartment. But at the beginning, you don't know it's a dream. You think it's true. It's yeah. reality. <laughs> but it was just a dream. Um, all right, so we've got uh, season one, episode twelve, called "The Ones We Leave Behind," and this is a, a short description. But a lot of things happen in this episode for sure, as this mm-hmm. is the uh, the penultimate episode, right before the finale of the first season. A lot happened. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about it in brief. By the way, like this this description starts out with Matt dismantles Madame Gao's drug smuggling operation, prompting her to oh, leave wow. the city. Yeah, that's the first <laughs> thing it says. Uh, while Karen begins drinking heavily to cope with Wesley's death, uh, Matt and Karen make amends and Ben attempts to publish his expose on Fisk, but is rejected by his editor. Um, so before I talk about the last sentence here, uh, I'm going to go into detail a little bit more about the, uh, the episode since they did not leave much to the imagination here with this incredibly short three sentence long, uh, explanation of the episode. Um, yeah, so... Matt decides to go after Madame Gao's smuggling operation because he talks to Ben about this. And, uh, you know, he's Ben Urich says, this isn't going to topple Fisk. And he goes, no, but it might knock him off balance a little bit. And he gets some information about some of the blind carriers of Madame Gao's drug and um, follows them, basically going rooftop to rooftop in a really cool scene where he yeah, sort amazing. of is chasing this car down, doing some parkour-like stuff and doing all sorts of flips and jumping from building to building, just trying to keep up with this vehicle, uh, and eventually does. And not only that, uh, he also sees the, uh, I guess it's like the secret entrance knock that you need in order to get into this building, which he uses later uh, to indeed get into the building. Um, Mm -hmm. So he does, and breaks up the smuggling operation by essentially setting everything on fire and exploding stuff. Uh, but uh, Matt goes to, here's the thing that blew my mind because I do not know that much about the books. Uh, Matt goes to confront Madame Gao, who is essentially this Yoda like figure. She's this little old lady with a crutch or a cane. <laughs> and he goes to get information from her. And she essentially, I don't know if you can describe this any better or not, Aurora, but she essentially uses the force to just throw Matt like really far across the room. Yeah. Like she does pretty convinced she's an alien. Yeah. Like she does this palm thrust or something and right to his chest and he goes flying backwards. Mm -hmm. And all I could think of is like, Oh my gosh, this is like Yoda from episode two. (laughs) Yeah. She's going to start flying around the room and doing flips with like a lightsaber. (laughs) I, yeah, I was not expecting that. That would have been amazing. But And there is a scene, there is something in here that this description completely leaves out. There is a discussion between Gao after this and Owsley, where it is more or less said that this has been Gao and Owsley, 
Owlsley's plan to uh, to poison Vanessa because they see her as a detriment to Fisk. Yeah. It's making him weak. So this has been um, uh, their plan from the get-go. Uh, but Gao says she has to go home, though, for a while and rethink things. And he goes, what? Did, you're going back to China? And she says something along the lines of, like, no, 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 I'm from someplace much further away. Right. Uh, which, you know, I'm like, uh, New Zealand? Uh, uh, <laughs> Japan is a little further away than China. Uh, for, uh, maybe she does, in fact, though, mean another uh, another plan. Maybe she is not of Earth. Uh, I which think she is. Yeah, I think she's from some other planet. It's entirely um, possible at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, given Marvel, it's it's hard it's hard to know for sure. But uh, so Vanessa does wake up. Um, she's she's going to be okay. And mm-hmm. Fisk is completely humanized around her, though. Like he's just so upset. And is so apologetic. And she's like, somebody tried to kill you and you're apologizing to me. And he wants to send her away, but she doesn't want to go away unless Fisk is coming with her. Um, She is clearly in love with this guy now. And she knows everything risk-wise. And, you know, I think our... You're not a fan of this, huh? (laughs) She clearly loves loves the power. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm convinced. But in this episode, I was like, okay, she's a villain. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no other explanation. Yeah. Well, I mean, because, you know, he's like, I'm promising you that whoever did this is going to pay uh, or suffer. And she goes, I'd expect nothing less. Yeah. So, yeah, she's gone full villain yeah. on us now. Um, so we've uh, we've got that. We've We've got all the drama. All the drums between uh, Foggy, who is, by the way, sleeping with that lawyer from the other yeah. law firm, mm-hmm. who seemed like such an asshole. Uh, I'm not sure why Foggy slept with her at all, but I mean, I know, I know, he said in the past that she used to have a soul or something, right? Like they used to get along, or she used to be yeah. a good person, or something along those lines. Yeah, but I agree. I I thought she does know, not Maybe they're up. going, maybe but, they're going somewhere with this, but I thought it was out of character for foggy to sleep with her right but i mean things are on the downs with him maybe he's just like fuck it uh maybe yeah you know my best friend my best friend is this person who i never assumed for a minute could could be this i don't know my best friend anymore my you know my law firm might as well be a joke you know maybe he's just you know at the bottom of the barrel uh Mm. and sought comfort where he could find it uh but he uses this opportunity to take all of the information that he does have on Fisk and gives it to her because she works at the law firm that represents him mm-hmm. and begs her to read it. Um, so she, she goes over all of this information. Uh, ben goes to his, uh, he goes to the newspaper uh, to try to get the story printed because they're just going to, they're just going to, because Karen is basically just begging him, just please mm-hmm. try it. And he's like, all right. Uh, and he goes, and the uh, the editor rejects it, and they have an argument yeah. uh, where Ben accuses his editor of being on Fisk's payroll, mm-hmm. and uh, he fires Ben. Yeah, and which, Ben, which that by that I was already sad. I was like, oh no. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then Ben decides to hell with it. I'm gonna put it on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where he was going to put it on the internet, but he's gonna put it on the internet. 
uh, is going to publish a story one way or the other. And he sits down to, to start typing, and then over his shoulder is Wilson Fisk. It turns out that Fisk had been tipped off, probably by the editor of the paper. Probably, yeah. And uh, Fisk is sitting there, and they have this conversation, uh, a very Fisk-like conversation, where he talks about the... Uh, you know, his, he, he had underestimated him. He thought his credibility had, had long since left him mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that he respects him, uh, but he involved his mother in this. And the more Fisk mentions that his mother was brought into this, the more furious he gets. And, uh, Ben says, you know, I've been doing this a really long time. I've been threatened by a lot of people. You don't scare me. Get out of my house. Uh, and Fisk says he didn't come here to threaten him. He came here to kill him. And with literally the the agility and speed of a cheetah, this yeah. large man gets out of the chair and wraps his gigantic hands around the throat of Ben Urich. And they wrestle around, but Urich is never able to break Fisk's grip. And Fisk kills him by via suffocation, I guess. And then just to be a dick, steps on the picture of Ben and his wife that Ben had on uh, yeah. on his desk. Um, so no more Ben Urich as well. Uh, Unbelievable. However, however, Ben does not give up Karen when Fisk's, Fisk asks her, or yeah. asks, asks him if there was anybody else, and Fisk does not give her up. So mm-hmm. for now, Karen appears to be relatively safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's the episode, The Ones We Leave Behind. Aurora, what did you think of it? Wow, I wasn't expecting another character death. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so soon. They're just dropping like so flies soon. here. And it's not like, you know, a, like a non-important character. Yeah, I mean, I've... Ben has been a very important character throughout yeah. the series, so I can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, there's, and it's not like a, it's not like a, a villain like Anatoly no. or, or Vladimir or, uh, or, or Nobu or any of those guys. Uh, these are relatively certain that these characters are going to stick around at least for a little bit. Uh, you know, Wesley more than Ben, I thought, because I just figured yeah. Wesley's just going to be the sidekick to, to Kingpin this whole time. But mm-hmm. uh, no, he is gone. Uh, ben is gone. Yeah, this was. Really sad, actually. What was a very sad episode, and what was disturbing to me is the fact that when Fisk finds Wesley, mm-hmm. um, you have this whole scene of him, you know, you see how sad he is, and he even kisses him in the uh, forehead, and yes. he's so sad. And in that moment, I felt bad for him. Yeah, well, I mean, he, I mean, he said, uh, you know, when that, uh, when he questions that guy. Uh, the the thug that Wesley leaves in charge yeah. about why he left him. Fisk just starts beating the hell out of him, and he's just screaming mm-hmm. like he was my friend. Uh, yeah, you, you did feel bad for him. Like he didn't just lose uh, a henchman or whatever. Like this guy was really maybe other than Vanessa, the only person he really thought was a friend to him. Right. Uh, maybe better served by the fact that Fisk probably knew that Wesley didn't like being in Hell's Kitchen, but he did. He did what he had to do because of his respect for for Wilson. So, yeah. 
But uh, when, when yeah. uh, Fizz is beating that guy up, he's yelling, he was my friend. Yep. Um, and he, multiple times in previous episodes, he has mentioned to Vanessa and other people that Wesley is his friend. Like, he yeah. he considered Wesley, I think, his only friend or the only person he could trust. Mm-hmm. So you could act, you could see that he was very upset that yeah. that friend is gone now. And, uh, um, and that's why I said that I had an emotional roller coaster between mm-hmm. if, you, if you combine these two episodes because um it was weird for me that in some scenes i felt a sympathy for the bad guys yeah i felt i mean i felt great sympathy yeah for for fisk um dealing with uh what happened to vanessa and then what happened with wesley and then having his mother drug into this well mm-hmm. you know an important part you know i can I can understand where he's coming from. You to have an elderly parent like that brought into brought into this mess mm-hmm. of yours, you know, that I'm sure he is trying to protect her from. Because uh, ultimately, what it boils down to is that all of the best villains and Wilson Fisk in this show is doing it maybe better than I've seen any other villain do it. But this is the thing that all villains have to do in order to be a great villain is they have to not see themselves as the villain. Like the worst, the worst villains are the ones that are twirling the mustache. They're like, I'm doing it because I'm evil. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not. He really does think that he's in the right, uh, yeah. even though he's doing things on an extreme. He knows he's doing extreme things, uh, but he covers for it by, in his head, telling him that they're necessary, like with what happened with his dad. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he didn't want to kill his dad, but he thought he felt it was necessary to keep him from hurting his mom anymore. Yeah. Um, and that is like the impetus for everything he does. It's he doesn't want to he he didn't like taking off Anatoly's head, but, you know, he disrespected his girlfriend. Uh, yeah. It made his date awkward. Uh, he didn't <laughs> he didn't have you know, he didn't have he took no pleasure in, in any of the horrible things that happened. By uh, the way, there was another you mentioned Anatoly. There was a funny scene uh, like in the middle of the episode between Matt and Ben. Mm-hmm. Um and Matt says, uh, "You have you need uh, says something to Ben that Ben responds with, my head is fine where he's at.'" And yes. Matt says, "Oh yeah, Vladimir's brother might have thought of that too." Yeah, yeah I was gonna say like <laughs> Anatoly probably was thinking the same thing, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he looks at him, he's like, "Point taken," something yeah. along those lines. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, and ultimately, uh, a great point is as Ben did not survive the episode, but. Um, there is a there was one thing I really enjoyed here, and I'm sure most people caught it because they spent a decent amount of time on it. But when Ben comes in at the end, and he looks at a framed portrait of what I am guessing is probably his last yeah. big story that mm-hmm. he wrote, uh, which he did the front page article for the Battle of New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was really cool. Just a little nod to that, real quick. Um, there have been there have been little nods. Um, very tiny, you know, like a mention of like an iron suit or a magic hammer. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, um, I think foggy said something about like, you could put wings on my head, but it doesn't make me captain America or something (laughs) like that. Uh, there have been, there definitely been nods, Mm -hmm. uh, for sure. The one thing that stood out to me really strangely though, is Fisk is having this conversation with Ben and, He's talking about uh, how things were different when they were younger, but now things are so different. I love and that. Yeah, I liked it too. But weirdly enough, I thought it was like an opening 
for him to kind of mention stuff that's Marvel Cinematic Universe related. Like the craziness that has happened. Fisk appears by not mentioning it to me kind of comes off like somebody who has no idea the Avengers even exist or that there's any superhuman people or uh, inhumans, I guess, in this in this universe Um, that, uh, you know what I mean? So it did. I yeah. for sure he was going to mention like those changes to society. You know, it's he mentioned true because he says that uh, people are interested in celebrity weddings and videos of cats. But if yeah, in our true. world we had Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man battling the sky, that would be the most watched videos on YouTube, not yeah, cats yeah. videos. <laughs> no, I mean for sure there are vi- in that universe. I promise you there are videos of Thor doing battle just just from uh, the Dark World movie. Where at the end, where he's fighting with um, Christopher Eccleston's—I can't remember the the name of his dark elf—but um, they're fighting, and uh, they're like in uh, people are running through the library or whatever, and there's just lots of kids like up against the window with their yeah. smartphones. They're like Thor's out there using his hammer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, until like all the windows explode and everybody has to run for their lives. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, of course, I promise you, that stuff is on the internet. Like, cat nobody videos? would care about Kim Kardashian if. That was true in our yes. world. <laughs> uh, which which necessitates uh, us having the Avengers in real life now. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> if it would eradicate Kim Kardashian and, uh, you know, those pouty lip videos that were going around on the internet as well. If we can get rid of those. Maybe that Friday song that was popular like a year or two ago. Right. right. Uh, I would much rather be seeing, you know, real life superheroes kicking butt on YouTube instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really liked that. I was, uh, was there anything that caught you? Was like the whole Madame Gao thing, did that catch you off guard as much as it caught me off? I was just really surprised. Like, but, yeah, what caught me off guard was when Matt said, you, you blinded all these people and she said they did it to themselves. Yes. And uh, he's like, why? And she goes, faith. And he's like, over your drug? Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that actually, by the way, I think that may lend some credence to, uh, your theory about Madame Gao, um, that there's a lot more to her than meets the eye. Maybe that's what they have faith in. Yeah. I thought that maybe they were, when they were talking about the faith and, and then she said, you destroyed that for them. I was like, is she talking about the black sky? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They, They haven't really gone back to that. Yeah. Um, since the stick episode, right? So mm-hmm. uh, we, I don't know. Maybe there will be more to that in the final episode, but I'm sure they'll touch base on it again on the second, uh, the second series as well. Right. Uh, once they get around to that. Um, well, I guess we should wrap it up. It's bittersweet because we're getting so close to the end of this thing. But uh, we... I, I, I really hope that when the next episode starts, Ben is somehow alive. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, yeah. Well, you really took that hard. I, I don't blame. I don't blame you. I was just like, as soon as he says I'm here to kill you, I'm like, up. Oh, that's it for him. I was just resigned to it. It's like Ben's not going to get out of this. Uh, yeah, it's it sucked though because uh, I, 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 I did I did like him. I wanted him to be vindicated a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, I wanted his name. You know, maybe it will though. Maybe maybe it'll be you know posthumously. Maybe it'll be after his death. But maybe his name will be recognized again. Mm-hmm. Uh, afterwards. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out, I suppose. Uh, what would you rate uh, this episode, the ones we leave behind? Um, even though it may be really sad, I will I will give you, give it also a four. 
Okay, yeah, I'm right there with you. Another four. Uh, yeah. A really solid episode uh, that I really enjoyed from beginning to end. And, of course, the end was a big surprise, of course. A second <laughs> episode in a row, which has me wondering what on earth they're going to uh, do to top the you know the the crazy endings here i mean i think we have a general idea of what's going to end how how the first season is going to end i hope we get to see the the outfit right i'm well i mean you know like the the banner that they have for like on netflix is him in Mm -hmm. costume so i'm gonna go ahead and guess we see him in the costume and something is going to happen with fisk obviously um, what that is, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine they're going to kill him this early, especially if they're going to do a second season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that what that means. Um, but uh, so so there's that. Um, and I'm relatively certain that things will wor- work out between him and Foggy. Uh, relatively certain. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to be uh, at odds at the end of the first season. I think they'll be. Yeah, and I think that's going to be Ben's death. I think once they know that Ben is dead, they're gonna automatically connect it to Fisk, and that's gonna bring them together. Yeah. Um, all right, so I guess we're gonna we're gonna take a hike and uh, <laughs> come back on. We're gonna come back on Monday, full of uh, Age of Ultron's, you know, jumping in our heads. We're we're probably gonna be too caught up in that. We may carry over the conversation from the regular podcast onto next week's Podcasters of Shield yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, I mean, how can you not be excited, Aurora? The the last episode of Agents of Shield leads leads right into the movie. Yeah, uh, I was just jumping up and down in my living room that they yeah. they tied it in so uh, so snugly. So yeah, I'm super excited for the movie. I hope I am, you yeah. I hope you enjoy it. Just don't enjoy it. Don't enjoy it so much that I can feel your enjoyment here before <laughs> I get to watch the movie. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to remain bitter until I get a chance to see it. I'm going to grumble every time somebody says something positive. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll reserve my comments for the next time I'll talk to you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> awesome. I, I will, uh, I will, and I will try to mentally keep it together until then. I got two days. I think I can handle it, but I'm going to, I'm, it, it's going to be trying for sure. Yeah. Just watch, uh, Daredevil's last episode. That will keep you. Indeed, I got. I got to figure out when I'm going to have time to watch that. I'm gonna. I may have to watch it Monday during the day. I think is what it'll end up really boiling down to, because uh, we may have too much going on during the weekend, and Sunday is going to be a way too busy day uh, for me. So that will be impossible. But I will. I will get around to watching it. Boy, it's going to be a really fun Marvel weekend. DC, you've got a lot to live up to, my friends. <laughs> you've been doing a really poor job of it so far, but you've got a lot to live up to. Yeah. Uh, All right. So for uh, Aurora, I am Anthony Lewis, and we'll be back in a couple of days, uh, I think maybe with the entire gang, Mm -hmm. to talk about season one, episode 13 of Daredevil, called Daredevil. Daredevil.